Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How you two doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I woke up feeling like shit. I guess I'm getting the, uh, the Ironside hangover, we're going to call it. Okay, I was gonna say the COVID special, but you know, I hope. No, 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 no. I don't. I really don't feel like I have that. (laughs) That's good. We, you know, it's funny because like every time I go out now, I'm just like, man, what if some one of these fuckers just gives me COVID? Like, Mm -hmm. like uh, I was waiting in line to buy my groceries yesterday or on Friday, and uh, some dude behind me is just like, (laughs) and I literally turned around to him and I gave him the stare like. better fucking leave this line because i ain't fucking <laughs> i ain't leaving and then you're the one coughing you and then right. but i didn't say anything i just stared at him and he just walked out of the line and just went to the self-checkout i'm like there you go boy. don't give me covid anyways <laughs> well i mean being real you guys are in the danger zone right now yeah but like yeah, my, my numbers are going down you yeah. know because the bc's numbered like we're not the example anymore we're like 70 80 like roughly a day at this point yeah most of them are in your guys's area like mm-hmm. and, and before it was the Kelowna idiots in my area that would just that made it all rise up but like now it's your guys i don't know i don't know and it's gonna trend up i think it's 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 getting really weird out here again mm. yeah it's uh you know, it's just like practice some self control. Like if somebody says, "Hey, come party with us at the beach," you just be like, eh, "Maybe when there's not COVID, we can party at the beach." The beaches yeah. will still remain. They don't. They ain't going anywhere. Uh, kind of puts a damper on things when there's a pandemic happening. But I maybe know. for some people, it's easy to ignore. I don't know. Well, it is kind of funny because, like, I think personally, like to a degree, I'm kind of an introverted person, so. Um, I don't mind going out, like, I'll go out and go do things, but certainly at a certain point, I'm kind of like, ah, I just want to stay inside, so, like, Friday night now, you know, I'm not really getting invited to as many things, because there's just not much going on, so instead I'll just be like, I'm gonna throw on the last drive-in and watch some bad horror movies with Joe Bob. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, kind of works out in a way. By the way, shout out and to you. And Diana uh, Prince. <laughs> oh, man, Diana, she is, um, let's just say I didn't realize that she had her other career in um, yeah. the adult industry so when i found that out it it opened up many doors to me that i was like wow i did <laughs> not realize i guess it all makes sense now you know you don't really have um breast that big unless you're putting them to work so anyways yeah. watch the last uh drive-in it's actually really good i i always have a good time watching it they actually debuted the new hatchet movie victor crowley on there so oh really yeah oh, it nice. was a like a, a shutter premiere they did it on there so uh i watched it i can't say i thoroughly enjoyed it but uh you know it's out there now so that's something you could watch and, and they did wolf cop yeah i think they did they, yeah they uh they do some shutter premieres on there which is kind of cool uh they also did summer party massacre 2 which i thoroughly enjoyed because it's <laughs> such a stupid movie but it was kind of like movie's nuts Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy's got, like, a guitar with a drill at the end, and that's what he uses to kill people, and 
What? Yeah. That's fucking insane. I guess we should bring that to this show soon, eh? I yes. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I would like to. And you know what? Do like the second and the third back to back. The first one's okay, yeah. but like the third one really ramps up the blood and the and the tits. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it would be fun to cover that those two at that at one point. Because yeah, they're just the first one's okay, but yeah, the second and third always kind of like hold a spot in my heart. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah, listeners, let us know. Do you want us to do uh, the Slumber Party Massacre movies? Let us know. Or, or how about Dude Bro Party Massacre Three? Oh yes, that's you know. And some people may be thinking, "Oh, Steve's just making the joke that doesn't exist." No, it actually does. Like, <laughs> he's not joking. That's an actual movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about Visiting Hours today, uh, a Ooh. movie that Canadian movie. Uh, that uh, yeah. it's an uh, exploitation. Filmed in Ontario. <laughs> You've got uh, largely Canadian cast. Michael Ironside's Canadian. William Shatner's Canadian. I don't know about a lot of the female cast, but I know definitely like Ironside and Shatner were both Canadian. So um, I believe Lee Grant is American. Yeah, she's from New York. Okay. You know, I think it, it technically qualifies as a Canadian movie. I think just, mm-hmm. you know, ekes across. Uh, but the official summary of Visiting Hours, a psychotic murderer searches for his next victim, a TV newswoman who survived an earlier attack in a big city hospital. Uh, I always remember the trailer for this, which is the these like lights coming together to form like a skull. It's pretty yep. cool. It's a pretty cool trailer. Probably honestly, the, the trailer for this movie is cooler than the movie itself, admittedly, <laughs> but... I still think this movie's a, a fun movie, and it's one that doesn't get talked about enough. No. Uh, no. I, well, I, it has its issues, for sure. And I don't think it's a, it's a flawless movie, but I think it definitely brings some interesting ideas to the table in terms of like yeah. a slasher. For instance, Michael Ironside, the villain, they don't put him behind a mask. They don't disfigure him. He, he is plain Jane just out and about, which I think is in some ways even more frightening than if he were behind a mask or something, because it makes it a little totally. more real. Um, Essentially, he, he's almost he's almost more the lead character than anybody else in this movie. He really That's is. That's definitely what it felt like. Yeah, it, they go so much into his past and why he is the way that he is that it's almost like who is the supposed to be this protagonist. And it's especially maybe like spoilers towards the end, but like especially at the end where it almost feels like they kind of flip roles a little bit, where yeah. he's going through the hospital and she's almost in the slasher kind of role. Where yeah, uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, but that's another I, thing. I, well, yeah, because it, it is confusing because you don't know if it's Colt that you're following, which is Michael Ironside, or Lee Grant's character, or Deborah, or mm. if it's the nurse Sheila. Like you don't know, um, and I, I, that leads to some of the third act issues that I think that I think the movie does have, mm-hmm. um, being that you've already built up Linda Pearl to be kind of like your heroine now. Like more so than I think Deborah, and yeah. then you make her catatonic for the entire third act. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really felt like that was like that's the detriment of it. That's where they like they were. I think they were like, well, we're paying Lee Grant more to be in this movie, so doesn't she have to be the hero at the end of the movie? Yeah, it's almost like they try to not course correct, but they definitely are like, oh, like yeah, we we, we definitely kind of have to change this back to this and. It's a little awkward. Uh, it, it it kind of seems like they almost didn't really need to have the Sheila character 
Like she was, she could have just been a nurse and that still would have been okay. Like yeah. I'm thinking back to the movie now and, and realizing like, what, like he goes to the house and he, and he stabs Sheila with the knife, but does that have like an effect at the end of the day on the overall plot? Like I'm trying to remember, maybe I'm just forgetting the I, connection. But. It almost feels like the producers were like, for a slasher movie, we don't have that many kills in this. Cause there's not a lot of kills in this. There's oh. like, yeah. The, the older woman, uh, there's sort of Sheila, like, like Sheila kind of like, it almost makes it look like she's dying and then, or dead. And then you kind of find out that like, she kind of still is around and she gets wheeled to safety. It's just kind of weird. Cause it's like, they wanted to sort of add some kills, but then they also were like, don't kill Sheila. People might like her. Yeah. <laughs> she's I too innocent. Yeah. I don't understand, like, and I don't understand, okay, I understand the fact that he would kill an old woman, yes, I totally get that, yeah. but I, I don't understand why he would get her mixed up with Deborah, because why would Deborah be on a ventilator in yeah. the hospital? There's no reason, none of the injuries that he gave to Deborah would cause a ventilator. No. Uh, so it's just like, that, I mean, that, you know, it plays into Colt's nihilism for sure, mm-hmm. but it just, it doesn't make sense to be kind of a, like a, the, the back end of like a, a mistaken identity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. By the way, it's worth noting um, that uh, Linda Pearl, who played Sheila, was also Pam's mom in the office, so. Oh, nice. Yeah, so. I, uh, it's funny, I was, like, looking up her IMDb earlier, and I was like, oh, yeah, well, shit, she's, she's actually in this, uh, in that role, too, so. I actually like Linda Pearl a lot in this movie. Oh, yeah, she's great. I think that's why, like, they kind of didn't want to necessarily kill off Sheila, because I think you sort of grow attached to her as a character, and I think probably more so than even they were expecting, I think Linda yeah. Pearl brought something to that role, and they were probably like, "Oh, like don't kill her off." People actually are kind of liking her, probably. So. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But then they make her catatonic because again, bringing that issue up. Uh, who is the worst person in this movie? Do you think the worst like actor? Yeah. I mean, oh, oh. I mean, I was gonna say after that William Shatner putting yogurt scene, he was uh, up there was on my Shatner. list. Shatner, <laughs> Shatner, yeah. you really watch act. You can tell that he is putting his everything into acting. I'm acting right now. And it is so distracting. And like, even with the, like when she's trying to open up the window and he's like, you have to close this. You're going to get a chill. Like, it was just like so bad. Yeah. He's He's another character that I was just like, what? I don't understand his purpose other than to like, (laughs) right. Other than wear it, wear a lady's jacket near the end of the movie. Like me and my wife are laughing about it. We're like, "Sir, sir, you can't come in." Th- uh, no, ma'am, you can't come in this hospital. Oh, sir. <laughs> and and the opening credits, he's like listed second or third too. Like yeah. I was thinking going into this that he was going to be a main character. That's got to be just like money billing. Like Lee Grant mm-hmm. and, and William Shatner are going to get the top billing. And it's really funny because he was lobbying to be Colt in this movie. Uh, and they were going to give him up until like we have one per- one more person to look at, and it was Michael Ironside, who is so, pretty good in the role. I mean, like, yeah, I can't imagine the, them flipped that that. I don't know. Michael Ironside just does the role so well to be the yeah. creep. I feel like there would have been a little bit too much. I don't know the right word for it, but it just wouldn't have been the same. No. Well, and he was cast uh, because of his performance in Scanners, which was a year before, mm. and it was produced by the same people. Yeah. 
So, and, and I, I mean, this movie doesn't work with Shatner in that role. I can't even see Shatner playing that role. It makes no sense because there's so much, there's so much silent doing to this character. And can you imagine those flashback moments where he's like when he's leaning against, he's laying against the wall, and he's going through those flashback sequences? Can you imagine Shatner doing that and hamming that up? Yeah, I I was just gonna say that might have ended up being more comedic. Oh, for sure, else. for sure. And I mean, this movie was already battling all its comparisons to Halloween Two. Mm. That yeah. that if you make it more comedic, it would have it would have failed even worse than it did. Yeah, and then honestly, there's like a lot of horror movies that wanted to go like the hospital route. I like, know Friday the Thirteenth, a few of the movies they wanted to go the hospital route, but I think that was sort of a skip that ran out quickly. Like, well, yeah, and and I think they satiated that because I think uh, um, uh, part four has the 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 beginning that takes place in the morgue. Yeah, in the in the hospital. Yeah, because I know because I remember a hacksaw scene. Oh, that one's great. They're, like part the part three was supposed to continue with Ginny being in a mental institution. That right. was sort of like the, the that was supposed to be the continuation until they realized that people when they come back they want more money and they were like, "Well, yeah. we're just going to start the story." Then. Well, because <laughs> they're smart because they realize that these movies become hits. Yeah. So it's like, well, I should be able to up my and then of course Paramount's just like, you know, what? we're not giving any more change. Nope, they don't want to pay nope. more. No, we. I mean, because I mean, what was the, the budgets were pretty much micro budget and the same for the first what six movies or something like that. Yeah, wasn't more, it? more or less. Yeah, they were pretty much the yeah. same. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny you have increasing returns, but you're not willing to put that back into the production. That was always kind of what was weird about these movies. Like they were like, well, you know, they're making more money, but we're just going to pocket it. We're not going to actually put it back into. Yeah, the movie. So. and that's sad. that's sad. I mean. I, I do appreciate the little bit of boost in, in Jason Lives because you see it like immediately in that first scene. Yeah, that one definitely but, has a bit of a quality to it. I always say Jason Lives is the one that is the best production all around. Like it's very yeah, well sure. shot. Uh, the script's good. Some of the com- comedy doesn't quite land in that, but I mean, no. on a production level, it's by and large much better yeah. than the other. I think it's closer to almost like Universal monster type stuff. Like they're they're actually like putting some yeah. effort into it. Yeah. And then I mean Buchler for the seventh movie, but then they kind of they fucked him over on that. Oh, for sure. So anyway, <laughs> I can always get you off from a tangent visiting hours. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> Shout out to uh, the new Blu-ray box set that's coming out. Uh, Fuck yeah! Did you uh, pre-order a copy, Steve? No, I'm hoping that Shout is just going to be like, well, we really want to get people's word out on this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, so I'm I I am I've got a lot of hope in my hand right here. Okay, that would you know I I was thinking I was like you know maybe I could pull the press card and try to get one, but I was like you know what I'm not I'm not banking on this that. one's I'm too not, important to you. Yeah, I was I wasn't gonna. I mean, if I get an extra copy, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I'd probably you know take it and give it to someone, but uh, yeah, I, I I didn't wanna didn't want to try that. Anyways, let's 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 talk about visiting hours. Uh, why we chose it. It's very underrated, in my opinion. Uh, it doesn't get talked about enough. And I'm not to say that that means it's better than a lot of other horror movies or slasher movies, but it's like, you know what? Hey, you know what? It brings some interesting ideas to the table. This is definitely a movie that I think would benefit from a reboot. 
if you kind of carried over a lot of those ideas, but maybe sort of fleshed the plot out a little bit more and maybe made it a little bit more uh, interesting. I think this would actually do really well, as like especially in the Me Too era, because like definitely there's some sort of me too analogs that you could draw on this that i was like hmm well that would be kind of interesting in like the current climate but uh well they make no they don't they don't uh fuck around with showing that he's a total misogynist and he hates women like that yeah. is just like that is a hundred percent like on the forefront and i i mean and then but like at the same time they're like trying to show and like, and it kind of conflicts with that damage, his childhood stuff, and the fact that his—I mean, his his dad giving him a beer bath and like just like weird, weird, weird shit. Of like, I'm gonna lay on you, and just like, yeah. and then like coupled with like his mom like like throwing that hot oil into his dad's face and all of this shit, and like, I'm like, I don't know how any of this will make him into a misogynist, but all right, maybe it's just like this the the cycle continues, I guess. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what they're hinting at, is, like, he was sort of a creation of, like, that misogyny and sort of... It, it sort of kind of made him who he is, which I, I think is not 100% <laughs> the best thing, but I, I think it still sort of works in some degrees. But it's also, in some ways, you try to chart that, you're like, I'm like that's, I think that's a little problematic, guys, but... Eh. I mean, I think... I he also just has the standard serial killer psycho psychosis or whatever it is too right like yeah. like and those those issues just kind of on top of that make him a serial killer and make him act or not act out but like go out and kill people and not really care about killing people yeah for sure so I, I, again i you know i when i picked this movie i sort of knew there's going to be some people who are going to hate that I chose this movie because there is a lot of issues with it. Um, but again, I think there's a lot that this movie brings to the table that is interesting and uh, worth talking about. Um, mm -hmm. What was the first? What was the first time uh, either of you watched this movie? Was it for the podcast? Uh, for me, yes. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I'd known about this movie for a long time. Okay. Uh, especially in the pantheon of, uh, of Canadian produced horror because. Uh, that period of, I, I'm going to say 79 to 85 was like, like excluding the Bob Clark stuff was, I, I mean, they were, they were trying to emulate the, that, that American horror that was becoming so big mm -hmm. and, uh, it just doesn't get the appreciation at the time. No. Um, but I think it's really cool to, to revisit it now, you know, like, almost 40 years later and be like okay well like what's some of this because i mean yeah it's all, some of most of visiting hours does work mm -hmm. yeah it, it's, yeah it's a case of there's a lot of interesting ideas i think it's just unfortunately at the time this movie came out you know just they maybe didn't quite have the means to execute on the vision in the way they could probably would have now. Like if this movie was made now, undoubtedly it would actually probably be much more interesting. Like I'm not saying it would be like get out levels of quality, but there's some interesting ideas there that would be uh, worth bringing forward. Like I know, you know, not a good movie, but the black Christmas reboot that came out last year sort of dealt in similar issues of misogyny and, you know, sort of how women are treated uh, I don't think it did it that well, but it's sort of interesting to see that movies nowadays are circling back around to that. So, I don't know, maybe mm -hmm. maybe there's room at the table for a visiting hours reboot. 
I would, I would, I, the right person would really have to do it. Cause I, I do think yeah. that this would be a movie that could be easily fucked up by just making it like this movie, I think works well because it feels like a horror drama. Like yeah. it feels more related to real life. It, it, with the exception of William Shatner's character, there isn't really like any campiness to it. It's just kind of creepy and disturbing and about a fucked up dude who kills women, right? Yeah. Um, and so bringing it forward to today, you definitely would need to have someone who would take that seriously about it. Otherwise, I feel like it would just, I don't know, it would just become like a slasher, a regular slasher, I guess. I'm just saying, Jennifer Kent, if you're listening to this, you should do the Visiting Hours reboot. I think that would killer Jennifer Kent in case you didn't know directed the Babadook mm-hmm. and, and the, Nightingale. the Nightingale which is like oh my god that movie takes like hours or like just like days to get over it is such a brutal movie yeah I think she'd be great for, for visiting hours reboot I don't know maybe not her thing but it would be interesting the atmosphere definitely feels right for it yeah just please not Eli Roth I yeah. mean <laughs> did you see that 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 statement he made about uh, uh, that he made about uh, exploitation movies. No. Oh, it's it's gross. That's a it's guy. Super gross. I'm surprised he hasn't been me too yet. Honestly, he has to have been. I, I've 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 heard stories from co- from from friends and stuff that have you know that have been involved with Eli Roth that is just like fucking horrible. I don't know, I just look at the guy and I'm like, I'm really surprised you haven't been. Like, any day now, there should be something. He learned off, did something you shouldn't have. Anyway. Well, I mean, if you, if you, even if you just Twitter search him, uh, like, right at the top, there's uh, there's a Twitter feed that starts with, just your friend and the reminder that Eli Roth is garbage. <laughs> and, th- and then this says, I won't forget the words you've said. The past comes back. You've also sexually assaulted women at festivals. Oh boy, what a real winner that guy is. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, we got a couple emails about this movie, which is kind of surprising. I mean, this is a movie that I, I didn't expect a lot of people would be aware of. But uh, Robert says, I may be aging myself, but I remember seeing the trailer for this with the lights forming the skull and thinking, this is so cool. Saw it in theaters and wasn't disappointed. It's not mentioned the same way Halloween or Friday the 13th is, but it's a decent slash mm-hmm. trailer, it's like in my opinion. Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. not Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth levels, of course, but uh, I mean, I I think it could get up there though. Like it has its problems, but it yeah. it it had the same. It was just a little more dramatic, which maybe separates it a bit from the regular Halloween, and especially because the killer doesn't wear a mask. I think maybe yeah. that adds an element of realism to it that slashers are maybe a little less. In that yeah. category, yeah. And um, Ironside, Ironside knows how to hold a, a switchblade. Yeah. He does. He knows how to make it menacing. He he has that look, and I think it's even scarier when he puts on the glasses and the doctor's robe and the doctor's you know the scrubs and everything. That uh, he's a chameleon as well, and I think that's mm-hmm. really interesting. The fact that he knows the ins and outs of the the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- there's something that takes a that takes a bit away from it, and it, it's a, it's it is kind of a slasher movie problem. Uh, but when it comes to the monsters and the more supernatural ones, it's more acceptable. But he's everywhere at once. Yeah, 
Yeah. It would have been interesting, too, if they ever did, like, sequels to just increasingly, like, fuck him up. Like, just give him more scars and, like, deformities and stuff over time. So, like, maybe he starts out this first movie just looking like, yeah, regular-ass dude wearing a weird pleather vest. But by the time you get, like, the fourth or fifth movie in this, you know, hypothetical franchise, he just starts looking more messed up and everything. (laughs) Honestly, you easily could have had him in the scene where he's watching his mom throw the oil on his dad, have him stand like a little bit behind and like have some of the oil maybe get on him and then he's got some scars too or something. And it's from his mom, so make that would fuel the misogyny and the the distrust and hatred towards women. Yeah. Yeah, It would make a lot of sense. Um, But I do... Whoever, Whoever directs the remake, you can have that one for free. Yeah, there you a, go. A free idea. Uh, there's, there's a hilarious sequence though, in the end of the film when he's ch- when he's chasing her down with the, uh, with the little zamboni thing, <laughs> the hallways, <laughs> with the Austin Powers cart through a way too skinny hallway, um, where he just jumps out of the out of the rafters of the piping and stuff to like get her. He misses and he like. I, I know that that part was put in just to hide the fact that Michael Ironside broke his ankle in the very first week of shooting this movie. Which is hilarious. Oh. So okay. he had a, he has a discernible limp for the rest of the third act, but they like oh, created. I that. Yeah, they create his ankle injury in the stupidest way possible. See, I didn't even put it together that his that his ankle was injured because of that fall. Like, for some reason in my brain, I was just like, oh, he's a serial killer, so yeah, he's gotta have a weird limp, right? Like, that's so funny. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, Clara says, kind of surprised Mike said didn't do more horror movies. He's so sinister in this. I agree. I think he could have easily done a few more horror movies. And it's not like he wasn't in some. He was in others. But I think this and Scanners were probably the most prominent ones that he, mm-hmm. was, he was in. And he did another movie with the director of this one, the Jean... Uh, what's his name again? Uh, Jean-Claude Lord. He did a movie called Mindfield in 1989. Yeah. So. Yeah, he, he's, he was in a few. Like, I noticed on Letterboxd, I was looking at his account or his profile on there... And it was so sort of showing like all the horror movies he was in, and, like a lot of them I didn't even recognize. So they looked like so C budget kind of movies that I was like, oh okay, well yeah, this is probably not getting too much attention. But yeah, you know what? Like, you know, could have you could have probably put him in a few more movies. Sure, why not? Uh, all right, best line in the movie. Do you have a favorite line at all? Oh boy. I mean, I, I, dialogue's not this movie's strong suit. No, not really. I think one of the first things that I had written down was something that made me laugh, and it was when um, Deborah told the parrot to get back to your own bed. That was my fa- one of my favorites from the beginning. Also, yeah. that it's the parrot and the, that doll, fuck them both. Fuck yeah, both of those jump scares. Sure. Hate them. Hate those noises. Mm. The, the copy I was watching did not have the best audio, so it just made it a billion times worse. Just had to get that out. Yeah, I definitely when when uh, what's her name uh, is on is on the phone and there's where they're like there's this call for you and then there's like that large pause and then the the doll starts doing the oh, screaming yeah. thing. I'm like, God damn it, Sheila! <laughs> yeah, what child would play with that doll? It sounds like the doll is already possessed by a demon. Just get yeah. rid of it. 
Here, I'm gonna say this: all ev- the best lines of the movie are every line that's said by Vinnie Bradshaw, that mustache dude in the in the wheelchair. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Those are all the best lines. I was gonna say probably like the mom was probably giving the best lines, and not just like any one line in particular, but like she was just a real piece of shit. I was like, oh damn, <laughs> I was not not a fan of her. So, <laughs> um, yeah, best performance. Oh, man. I'm gonna say Ironside. He's so good yeah. in this. Yeah, Ironside's the driving too. force, um, but Linda Pearl has to be second. Yeah, I think oddly and... enough, even though Lee Grant is like second build in this, like she's, yeah. she's not as strong as Linda Pearl. Like Linda Pearl's just so no. much better in this. And it makes you forget that Lee Grant, you know, was a big part of like uh, the Omen. Yeah, yeah, she was. You know. So it's like, she is, like, she does come from horror stock, but, like, I don't know. She see, she seems just like, like, she just took the payment. Yeah. And it was she, like, yeah, I'll do this little Canadian movie. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, and I like Lee Grant quite a bit, but this is just, not, it's not a showcase of her. This is, no. I mean, this is, and, and I mean, the, it, it's, it's, Shatner is Shatner's skills work only with like Star Trek and 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 Boston Legal. Yeah. Even like like this is akin to like Kingdom of Spiders acting for him. Yeah. Also, why did they have to keep in so many of those mouth sounds he made while eating? I don't oh, understand boy. the audio editing on that scene. It was literally like you could hear him smacking his lips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Okay. Um, best kill. I mean, I went with the senior because there's like really not not many yeah. kills in this, and so. it's it's horrifying too. Him sitting on the edge of the bed, all in shadow, you can't really see his face, and he's just watching her breath lead of her body, essentially, like her yeah. her her asphyxiate. He's watching this happen. I had that written down as my favorite kill, but at the first time that I saw it, because I did go and rewatch it, I thought he just stared at her and gave her a heart attack, and then she died. And I was like, damn, this is best kill. He just looked at her and she died. And then I realized <laughs> that he got her line. But yeah. that was, that, I, I kind of almost liked that a little better, but that wouldn't make sense in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's, um, it's one of those things where it's like, you know what, like, it's, I think either way, it's kind of frightening. I do sometimes, I think the lighting in that is a little, it kind of, in a way, sort of deceives you because it doesn't quite show you what exactly is going on. So you sort of have to think, oh, what is going on here? Like, is it a mm-hmm. case where, yeah, this is the case or what exactly is going on? So, um, But yeah. Uh, yeah, dumbest decision in this movie. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of little ones. Like... Like, what's the one that I have? I don't know. Like, there are lots of characters made little decisions that I was like, really? Like, you're going to take the evidence to this nurse instead of maybe taking it to a detective or something? Or, I mean, I guess maybe detectives aren't always, or cops aren't always uh, 100% efficient in getting that shit done anyways. (laughs) But, you know, and then there was the cop who, when um, Sheila heard, she got the phone call and then she had to rush home and she tried to get help from the cop outside and the cop was like sorry i can't go with you i'm on duty and i'm like that 
being on duty is literally your job. You have to go and help people when they ask for it. It was like little things like that that came up that I was like, why are these people like this? Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, it's probably when they wheeled in a known criminal into the hospital and nobody was at least at one point like, isn't this guy like a fucking criminal? Like, you know, that was, that was a little weird. It's like, yeah, they were checked out that day, obviously. They were like, oh, okay. He's fine. He probably is, isn't feeling like he wants to kill people anymore. Like, nah, we're fine. <laughs> Like, come on, guys. You had one job. Just be like, hey, do you have, like, a ID? It's like, oh, Colt Hawker? Oh, yeah, he's a known criminal. We should definitely call the cops instead of wheeling him in like this. That was really dumb. Yeah. I'm going to go with Hooker Lisa. Anything she's done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, the whole setup, like, even, like, the, the, like, it's, it's just, she, he's such a creep in the bar. She asked him for a ride home? Like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like she told herself that day, you know what? I would really like to get murdered. Well, Today and like, is the day that I make bad decisions. And like, even like, like when they're back at his place and he crushes the beer between her legs on her pants and she, he's just, just like, take him off. And the way he says it is just like, like, she should be out the door, but she's just like, next moment her pants are off. Mm-hmm. You're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there's, there's a few dumb decisions in this. But, uh, you know, it, I, I also think it's definitely a case of, well, yeah, these movies at this time, definitely sometimes you have to suspend disbelief that there's going to be some stupid yeah. idea. Though. But I think it's yeah. part of the fun, too. You, you know, a good horror movie, you're also equally like, what are you doing? This is so fucking stupid. Where you go? Like, yeah, wheeling a known criminal to hospital. Eh, that's a bad idea. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, it's something that has happened in real life, though, because sometimes life is weirder than fiction, so. This is true. Bureaucracy exists for this exact reason, so. <laughs> but for a cool thing in this one, I, I I don't think I brought it up yet. Uh, the cinematography of this movie is actually really wicked. Mm -hmm. Like it always looks really great. It's always very interesting. You always have some like long hallway shots that are kind of sinister looking and everything. And it's this Renee Versier is the is the uh, the cinematographer on it. He's this Moroccan cinematographer and. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I feel like the stuff that he does is really interesting. And I mean, this isn't his this isn't his first horror movie because he did Death Ship in 1980. Which, mm. if you look at that fucking poster, oh, and he also did Rabbit, the oh. original Rabbit in in 77. So the guy ha has really like interest, like a really interesting uh, eye for the for for what kind of makes your screen crawl. So I, it'd be really cool to, to jump into his other films as well. Uh, especially Death Ship, and I implore people to look at the poster, because it's literally the Ghost Ship poster. Like, it's <laughs> Ghost Ship ripped off Death Ship. Because they were like, eh, no one's ever going to re remember this George Kennedy movie. Mm -hmm. Alright. Uh, I think it's time to rate this movie. Where are you, where are you landing score-wise on this? <laughs> I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 purely on Michael Ironside. Okay. Um, and and for having the balls to be like, yeah, we're not going to hide this killer from you at all. This, this movie is essentially about this killer. And mm -hmm. 
and and we're gonna try to get you into a psyche as much as we physically can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm having I'm flip flopping between a six and a seven. Um, I don't know if this is one that I would go back to in terms of slashers. Mm. Um, I like that it's Canadian for sure, and it does have um, some cool character things to it. Um, I'll go with a six point five. Average it out between the two. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven as well. It's it's good. I think it's lands on the better side of things than others, but definitely has some issues. And I did I, I certainly don't think that this movie is above a reboot. You know, I know some movies it's like, oh, this is good. Why would you ever touch this? This movie, touch all you want. If you want to make this into a new movie, go ahead. I don't. <laughs> It, it, well, it, and I, I think if you're someone that, like, loves slashers, I think you would enjoy this movie for sure. Yeah, because I'm definitely, I, I'm a pretty big slasher fan just in general. I mean, hell, I watched uh, Slumber Party Massacre 2, and that movie definitely <laughs> is, like, a weird movie, even by slasher fans. <laughs> uh, but you get Juliet Cummins uh, naked in that, and uh, I, I, I gathered to say, I think that woman just likes being naked. I think she has quite a bit of a comfort level with it, so... um so yeah uh i think that's uh it uh, for this episode steve where can people find you on the internet yeah i am on twitter and instagram at the steve dead uh you can find my website stevestebbing.ca uh i was going to boast about having a um a a uh interview with sassy seeley recording this weekend uh she wrote uh, she directed uh lucky grandma which is now out on vod and i think it's on kino lorber blu-ray to pick up fucking excellent movie so good not horror but uh, still an excellent excellent movie that i recommend uh but eh, i don't know what happened to that the publicist just kind of like ghosted me so yay i know right um but I'm also on the shift every Thursday with a rotating uh, host on that one. Uh, basically, across Canada, um, it's 11 p.m. Pacific. You can check that one out. Nice. Okay. Uh, well, I, how about you, Taylor? Sorry, where, where can people find you on the internet? Um, uh, my website is sircianic.home.blog and nice. I'm on social media all over the place, also sircianic. And I do uh, another podcast with my friend every other Thursday. It comes out, I think, the next, this upcoming Thursday. We have an episode releasing that's called Cryptonics. And we just talk about, like, creepy things or pop culture and our theories and conspiracies about it. So, and nice. I think that's pretty much it for now. Yeah, nice. Uh, well, I'm over at threeingrenades.com. We actually did a episode this week where we, because we do this thing on Movie Club where we take like an older movie to talk about because <laughs> there's not many new movies to talk about. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I chose Exorcist Three. So uh, if you want maybe a little bit of horror content that's not just Trumbull, you can check that out. Uh, also, there's an interview with Jermaine Clement that uh, I got to do yes. last week. And that was a whole good job on that, by the way. Good job on that. That was great. Thank you. Yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, it was funny too because I came to do it on my regular computer that I do all my podcasting on, 
and it was just not working at all. So I had to like run and do it on my laptop, but also I don't have recording software on my laptop, so I had to use my phone recorder. It was a whole thing. And you know what? I'm just glad that it came out sounding not terrible. Uh, and I definitely do not call him Jermaine Clement uh, three Ooh. times throughout that interview. Yeah. <laughs> Jermaine. 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 He, he, you know what? He rolled with it. He was a he was a real good guy. But afterwards, I was uh, putting it up, and I just Googled, and it was like, Jermaine, and I went and listened to it. And I'm like, I'm with Jermaine Clement. And I'm like, oh, God. I, I put that <laughs> Oh, fuck. It's just one letter, but really, it's just like, I, I felt so bad. So, but yeah, oh. we, we had a good chat. And, uh, you know, if anything, I contributed to the notion that maybe he might appear in a Friday the 13th movie at one point. Hey, that'd be cool. Yeah. Hey, before we head out, I just want to say it's stupid as all fuck, but it has it kind of ticks the box on 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 some thriller and a little horror stuff, which kind of surprised me. But unhinged is stupid fun. It is so dumb, but <laughs> God, I, I oh. was so entertained by it. I was so entertained by it. I don't know yeah, why. Well, you know, Ooh, that sounds fun. Russell Crowe having rage issues? What? Well, that's not realistic <laughs> at all. Crazy. It was fucking crazy. Some of the stuff that they were doing, and I was like. Oh, we're really going to do this. Oh, okay. I would also... I'm going to throw out there, too. If you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, check out Teenage Bounty Hunters on uh, Netflix. That's... Oh, that's yeah. me. That's me. Yeah, because I was watching this, and I was like, it's not on a quality level the same as as that, mm. but very similar mm-hmm. teenage girls, only they, they start becoming bounty hunters, and it's pretty cool. So check it out. I'm always skeptical about that Netflix stuff, especially when it's a teen show. I'm always like, oh, is this going to turn into another Riverdale or something? But but it's produced by it Gen- it's produced by Genji Cohen. Yeah. So like Glow, Weeds, oh, Orange is the New Black. Okay. Like it's not okay. show run by by her, but it's it's produced. It was mm-hmm. very it was it was very energetic, which I kind of like. Like some of these shows, just kind of like lull along. It was like it was like keeping keeping me interested. So I would definitely recommend it. It's it's not horror per se, but like it's about bounty hunting. So it's it's yeah. Just... And it's got Kadeem Hardison, who I feel like I haven't seen since the nineties. Yeah, agreed. He like was, Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> he was like their like kind of handler, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, he's okay. the old bounty hunter dude. Yeah, which is great. So. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, Yeah. Well, until next time, everyone. Bye for now.